Today's episode of the Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by State Farm. When you need a game plan for protection, State Farm agents are here to help. With personalized service, agents are available to talk in person, over text, or through the State Farm app. So go with the one with coverage and agents you can count on. Find an agent in your neighborhood today. State Farm. Talk to an agent today. show on the ringer podcast network my name is danny heifetz and i'm joined as always by my co-host and my co-danny the hero we need and the analyst we deserve the dark knight himself danny kelly (laughs) how are you doing dk i'm doing really well how are you doing i am fantastic fan flip fantastic we're also here with craig holbeck what is on your mind craig penny season (laughs) <laughs> I knew it. Right in time for Thanksgiving. I know what I'm thankful for. You love your Rashad Penny. Craig, why don't you remind people why you love Penny real quick? I actually to... am wearing a San Diego State quarter zip right now, which is my <laughs> alma mater. Big year for us. Go. Steven Strasburg, Kawhi Leonard. Only time ever a school has had back-to-back finals MVPs in the same season. And then Rashad Penny's going to be Super Bowl MVP. Most, li- I mean, that's most likely. Oh, man. That would be interesting. Three makes a pattern. All right. Well, there's going to be plenty of Seahawks talk on this podcast. Later in the show, we will be bringing on special guest Mina Kimes for a very special fantasy court. But first, DK, do you have any thoughts on losing to Craig and I in the Ringer Fantasy League this week? Well, I would like to say, first of all, that it is not (laughs) over yet. It is Monday afternoon, (laughs) and there's maybe like a 1% chance that Jackson and I come back. You have no players left. Uh, do we not? <laughs> no, you're you're done. It's over. Well, I'm just holding out hope, regardless. So you guys, you guys could get negative points, right? Like negative fifty something. Um, yeah. on Yahoo, it actually says one hundred percent. So, damn it. Okay. Well, um, I don't feel great about it. I'll be honest. <laughs> All right. Uh, you know, I, losing to Craig is fine. Losing to Danny really hurts. Yeah, that's stinks. Um, <laughs> I didn't want to like rub the salt in the wound, and then you're the one who said there's no such thing as too much trash talking. So I (laughs) let's just let's just dive in. I'm gonna I'm gonna stand by it. You go ahead and uh, have at it. Our team was uh, headlined by Lenny Forns this week. You know, you didn't know Mm. you lost, so maybe I'll bring it up. We also knocked you out of the playoffs. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Oh, like we had a chance at the playoffs. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) we we were on. We were hanging on by a thread. You were mathematically eliminated today. I feel very good to be eliminated de facto by Lenny Forns because uh, we've been touting him so much on this podcast, and he finally kind of just found the end zone. We recommended everybody go big. Yeah, so that was that was nice. I'll, I'll take that. It's a kind of a small win for the whole the whole podcast. Really, is how I'm looking at it. That's a good, it's a win for the majority of the podcast. <laughs> I'll give you that. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, other than, you know, the biggest win of the week, uh, DK, what made you go what this week? Uh, what in the hell is going on with Ryan Tannehill? I think this has been kind of a really fun storyline over the last few weeks. He's been started for five weeks now. Uh, and he's just kind of having this weird late career renaissance that we always thought he was going to have like maybe five or six years ago. And all of a sudden, now he's emerging as this really, really efficient, um, high-level game manager type guy who can add some stuff with his legs. He's very, very accurate and, and efficient so far. And it's totally changed the dynamic of you know the AFC South and the Titans in general. 
Um, on Sunday, he had 259 yards, 14 of 18 passing. So he only threw eight, 18 passes, two touchdowns. He added seven rushes, 40 yards, and two touchdowns on the ground for 32.4 PPR points. He's on track as the QB1 this uh, this week so far, pending Monday night football. For Per ESPN stats and info, I saw this tweet. He's the first Titans quarterback with two pass touchdowns and two rushing touchdowns in the same game since Steve McNair did in 2001. So um, he's just been really, really impressive. He's got a 10-touchdown, four-interception ratio in the five games he started. They're 4-1 in those games. 72% completion rate, quarterback rating of 111.4. Per sharp football stats, the Titans lead the NFL in both explosive pass rate and explosive run run rate since Tannehill took over in week seven. <laughs> oh my God. It's just ridiculous. Like, where did this come from? <laughs> I mean, he never looked, he, he, there was always sort of the, I guess, potential and the skill set to do what he's doing now when he was with Miami, but now he's finally starting to put it together. So I guess. That's really what kind of stood out to me. And one stat that will really say that really says a lot in, in terms of the fantasy, you know, landscape is that from JJ Zacharyson, since Ryan Tannehill became starter, here is a list of quarterbacks with minimum four games played who have averaged more fantasy points per game than Tannehill. One, it's Lamar Jackson. <laughs> so I don't know, pretty crazy. He, he's definitely in the, uh, He's in the late season slash fantasy playoffs picture now. And I, I don't know if I'm necessarily buying this long term, but it's very, very intriguing going forward and especially in the short term for the fantasy playoffs. The grand plot twist of this NFL season was that after seven years of people saying this is the year for Ryan Tannehill, 2019 was the year for Ryan Tannehill. I think I wrote I think I wrote an article about Ryan Tannehill in it might have been 2016 or 2017 about how this is finally Ryan Tannehill's year. So uh, I was just a little early on Your it. I think. Annual, yeah, I think literally everyone was, including the Miami <laughs> Dolphins. Uh, also has to be mentioned, Ryan Tannehill had more 20-yard runs, 20 or more yard runs yesterday than Ezekiel Elliott has all season. <laughs> Craig, what made you go what this week? Derrick Henry now is like, a top five running back in the NFL. He's the number four yeah. running back in fantasy uh, for half PPR. The last four weeks, he's been the number two running back in fantasy behind Christian McCaffrey, who's like absolutely murdering everybody. But cremating, cremating. <laughs> as I don't like that word. Said. I want to. Let's not do that. Uh, last week, he had 159 yards rushing with two touchdowns. He also had another touchdown called back, a 30 yard catch. Um, he's, oh, had, he's had 83 yards or a touchdown in 10 of 11 weeks this year. The guy's a monster. He's untackleable. No one's ever really <laughs> liked I feel like we've actually slandered Derrick Henry in the past and last year yeah. and maybe even a little bit this year on this show. No one's talking about him. And I think he's now bulldozed his way into the first round of drafts next year. Yeah, I had basically zero consideration for taking him. I, I have zero shares of Derrick Henry and I'm so sad about it. And he's definitely proven me wrong. I thought that his late season explosion last last year kind of so from week 13 to week 16 last season he rushed for 585 yards and seven touchdowns and everyone was like this is exactly kind of what the henry that people were hoping for but no one kind of well a lot of people did but i didn't think it was going to be sustainable going forward and absolutely has been the other thing is he gets better as the season goes on i saw this stat per evan silva of established the run career touchdowns in september and october for derrick henry 10 Career touchdowns in November and December, 24. So, 
uh, yeah, he's just getting better as the season goes on. I guess it gets colder and people don't want to tackle him or whatever. And you said weeks 13 to 16 last year, he had 585 yards and seven touchdowns. Well, his last four games this year, 485 yards and five touchdowns. Yeah. He's, yeah. So he's just, I think it's time we put some respect on his name. I'm, I'm done slandering him. He's arrived, in my opinion. I mean, obviously, he's probably arrived before this, but officially, in my mind, he has. So Derrick Henry is the number three running back in fantasy. The co- Ryan Tannehill, the co- t- Titans quarterback, is the number two quarterback in fantasy since he started playing. So is it just the Titans in general? Not to mention A.J. Brown's like the new Anquan Bolden. <laughs> yeah, no, but really, though, DK, like, do you, so the Titans play the Colts this week. It's a massive game for the play. Do you think Titans can make the playoffs and, like, actually do something? I mean, I think they're, yeah, I think it's possible. I think they're trending in the right direction, certainly, and everything seems to be going their way. They're getting hot at the right time. Meanwhile, the Colts seem to be slowing down a bit. I don't really know exactly what's going on with the Texans week to week, but I think it's still pretty wide open. They could definitely still make a run at the wild card spot. And yeah, I don't know. They do. They do have a tough schedule kind of going forward. If you're if you're talking about Derrick Henry in particular, uh, the Colts give up the fifth fewest points per game to to running backs. That's this week, next week, I should say. Uh, the Raiders the week after that, the eleventh most. So that's a good matchup. Texans twelfth most the week after that, and then Saints in the final week of the fantasy playoffs. Uh, I think it's week sixteen. Yeah, they give up the fourth fewest. So there's a couple really tough games, and then there's a couple pretty nice games in there for Derrick Henry down the stretch. The thing that made me go what this week was a real like double take was again Christian McCaffrey still on pace for the greatest fantasy football season of all time. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, just, he's unstoppable. It, Thirty-one touches, one hundred and thirty-three yards, and two touchdowns against the Saints this week. That is good for thirty-four PPR points. The all-time record for fantasy points in a full season is Ladanian Tomlinson in two thousand six. 427 standard points, 483 PPR. Obviously, the the catches is a huge uh, differentiator because he's not going to pace for 30 touchdowns like LDT had. But Scott Barrett at Pro Football Focus points out, McCaffrey's last 16 games, he has 499 PPR points. Wow. So his last 16 games are already more than Tomlinson's uh, 483 in 2006. The difference between Christian McCaffrey and the number three running back this season by points per game is McCaffrey's number one with, <laughs> I can't even, he's at above 30. Yeah. Austin Eckler has, t- is, and the difference between McCaffrey and Eckler is 10.8 points per game. That's the difference. That's the same difference between <laughs> Eckler and the 24th best running back, which is Jordan Howard. Jesus. McCaffrey's averaging more than 30 PPR points per game. If he drops down to 20 points per game over the final five games, he will still have one of the best five fantasy seasons ever. He's like having two players on your team. Yeah, that's with a 50% (laughs) reduction. That's basically crazy. So Scott Barrett was alluding to this in his uh, article at Pro Football Focus that he might be worth two players because he's essentially the two, he's two starters in one. It's unbelievable. So Christian McCaffrey. Love McCaffrey. Love McCaffrey. All right, next man up. uh, There's some injury news to get to. First up, Carson Wentz of the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles played awful. Um, yeah, it was, it was like, ugly. It was kind of like a Rorschach test for how you feel about this team because they were so injured, um, but played awful in the rain anyway. But Wentz had completed 33 of 45 passes, 256 yards, one touchdown, two picks, and two lost fumbles. Just, again, it was raining, but he still looked bad anyway. They didn't have the right tackle Lane Johnson. The right guard Brandon Brooks left in the middle of the game. Receiver Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar missed this one. 
He was playing bad, and then he went to the locker room mid-game. Did not miss a snap, but he, after the game, he was heavily wrapped around his right hand. Um, he was diagnosed as a, a bruise. X-rays were negative after the game. Uh, he's likely to start next week against Miami, but notable, this is the third uh, November, December injury Wentz has had late season in a row. Obviously, Nick Foles is in Jacksonville. So his backup is Josh McCown, famous journeyman, mm. but he's expected to play. So Miami's a really good matchup. So if he still plays, it's, it's still good. But obviously, anytime injury with your throwing hand is not ideal. Yeah, man, they need to get healthy. They released uh, Jordan Matthews this morning, which I guess is an indication that maybe they're going to get some of their guys back this week and get some reinforcements in that receiving core because they just didn't look on the same page at all. Wentz was not good, but they're, I mean, they're just playing with guys off the street, literally like Jordan Matthews, I think led the team in snaps. He he was on, on the street a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, it's not, it's not a great situation, but it's a get right game against Miami, hopefully for them this next week. Yeah. And then switching to the chiefs, uh, old Eagles coach, Andy Reid said he did not have an update on chiefs running back. Damian Williams's rib injury. Uh, chiefs were on by this week, uh, playing the Raiders in week 13. Reed mentioned also LaShawn McCoy was not in the concussion protocol, but it's not really clear what is going on with the playing time there for whatever Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy. The load management. Yeah, Yeah. it won't be really be clear probably until like Tuesday, until Reed uh, speaks to reporters on Tuesday and the players show up to the facility. Uh, If Williams or McCoy or both of them can't play, Darrell Williams would get a lot of work if neither of them can go. Um, But again, that's really worth monitoring what Reed says on Tuesday afternoon after the Chiefs return from their bye. So that one's worth keeping an eye on. And while we are on Andy Reid's press conference, he said the team is optimistic Tyreek Hill will play in week 13 against the Raiders. He had he had like a hamstring injury. It's considered minor. Uh, kind of pulled up in that Mexico City game against the Chargers, but that was a weird situation. Was, the field was awful. It was high altitude. So uh, yeah. it seemed to be preventative more than anything. In other news, Marlon Mack of the Colts has already been announced as out this week, which means, I assume that you can keep riding the Jonathan Williams train if you landed him in the waiver wire on the waiver wire this last couple of weeks. They go up against Tennessee this week, which is the third they surrenders the 13th most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. So it's a a decent matchup. They they still love to run the ball. Williams got a ton and ton of action um last week and so in theory you can keep keep going with that unless they decide to turn it into a full-blown running back by committee with Jordan Wilkins, which doesn't seem likely considering he didn't really play a whole lot last week. So that, to me, is just kind of a notable thing that Mac has already been declared out. Yeah, Williams is... Well, first of all, he looks great. He looks good, man. I, yeah, I'm excited to kind of see what happens with him. He's a, he's a player that I've sort of watched throughout his career. Obviously, he's kind of bounced around and stuff, but I liked him coming out of Arkansas. And... He's got some juice with, you know, like I, I, it's kind of, I don't really understand why he's bounced around so much. I always kind of expected more of like teams to like him a little bit more, but he's getting a chance to kind of show off his skill set. So that's been fun. Was he on Buffalo before this? Yeah, he was on, well, he's been, he's been on a couple of teams and never really lasted long. I think injuries have been a factor. And so, yeah, that's a big part of it. But um, he definitely has looked really good. He really screwed people over this week. I had a lot of friends who were like, what the hell? Like, I shelled out to get Jordan Wilkins, and then Jonathan Williams comes out of nowhere. I don't think Wilkins had a touch. Well, they should have listened to the Danacy Football Podcast. Where they should have. Jonathan Williams would be more of <laughs> So Jonathan Williams has been, he was drafted by the Bills. He's been with the Saints for, t- for 2017 and 2018. Played in only three games in those two years. And then he was, uh, he, he was, 
taken, but I don't know exactly how he ended up with the Colts. We, he ended up with the Colts in 2018, didn't have a game, didn't play in a game, and then this year he's obviously kind of shown out. So weird little career, but yeah, he looks good. Speaking of Colts injuries, Eric Ebron, tight end, was placed on injured reserve. Uh, he will need surgery on both ankles, reportedly. Um, mm. Jack Doyle is the main pass-catching tight end there, and then with Ebron out, so that, you know, it was kind of like ping-pong, like you never knew who was going to get it there, and so neither were super reliable. But now with Ebron out, Jack Doyle is, is a pretty good option. Their other tight end is Mo Alley-Cox. Shout out Richmond Basketball. Uh, yeah. He went to VCU, but, you know, VCU is not as good, but. Anyway, Nicole, he's has a lot of talent, but he's not nearly as polished as Jack Doyle is. So I think Doyle's going to get most of their tight end routes and could be a pretty good red zone target for Jacoby Brissett. He's only owned in like 40-ish percent of leagues. So I think he's a really good one down the stretch. What do you think, DK? Yeah, I agree with you. I think that's he's probably going to um, soak up a lot of targets down the stretch just based on the fact that they're really banged up in the receiver core. You know, obviously now with Ebron going out, Jack Doyle becomes the man at the tight end spot. It is going to be kind of kind of interesting to see what happens with Mo Ali Cox, but I would assume that Doyle is is going to be the heavy emphasis this uh, down the stretch. All right, next up, receiver Golden Tate on the New York Giants. Tate is in concussion protocol. The team says he suffered a hit from his landing on his twenty three yard touchdown reception. It was an amazing play. It was fourth and eighteen, and Daniel Jones, our beloved Dan- see, actually Daniel. You have him in the Ringer Fantasy League, DK, and now you know what it's like to lose with Daniel Jones. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, yeah so Golden Tate. Tangent spirits now, I guess. He had a play, Tate Golden Tate, that has had a play earlier in the game where he was tackled and his mouth guard went flying. Mouth guard, obviously, is for concussion prevention. The team says it happened later in the game on the touchdown catch, whatever, whenever it happened. No, I mean, I saw, I saw when he caught that ball, he looked, that I remember thinking, I wasn't listening to the game, I was just at it on silent, and I was like, whoa, he looks... Like yeah. he's dazed. There. Yeah, he so hit the ground sure really that. hard. So this yeah. is actually the game the Giants got Sterling Shepard back from a concussion. Uh, Shepard had had two concussions this season, and so this was only the second team that the second game that Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate played together at all. And then now Tate is the one who leaves with the concussion. So mm. hopefully he's all right. But in, in the meantime, this is just another opportunity for Darius Slayton to step up in this offense. Uh, he's been playing fantastic and. He stepped up, and uh, DK, you've mentioned this, but Slayton has an excellent slate for the fantasy play. Oh, Slate, Slayton. I didn't mean to do that, but it worked. Um, (laughs) He's an excellent schedule for the fantasy playoffs. They're going against the Eagles, Dolphins, and Washington, weeks 14, 15, 16. Yeah, that's as easy. That's like as juicy as you can get when it comes to schedules. So I think he's definitely a guy to keep in mind on the waiver wire this year. If If you need someone to plug into your flex spot, and you're like agonizing over the decision of you know who to take. Sometimes it's just best to go with the best matchup, and I think Slayton's going to have some really good ones. Last up, Hunter Renfro on the Oakland Raiders. This tough guy, Hunter Renfro, Gruden Grinder. He left the game with an injury to his ribs. Took a big hit from Jet Safety Jamal Adams. Apparently, was worsened on another hit. Um, yeah, punctured his lung and and bruised his ribs, and it's it's not great. But he had three catches for 31 yards. Football is scary, man. Like, people can get legitimately messed. I mean, we know that, you know, implicitly or whatever, but there's always, every once in a while, there's just reminders. Like, he punctured his freaking lung. Yeah. We all know that. It's just, yeah, there are moments where you're reminded that this is crazy. And that, yeah. for me, it was it's Deshaun war. Watson having his lung not, it's, it was partially collapsed he to the point they were like, can't yeah. get on a pressurized airplane. So he drove <laughs> to Jacksonville for the game. And it's like, wow, you can't board a plane, but you can play football. And then they won yeah. the game. So these guys are tough as hell, is the point. Yes. Uh yeah. So 
Hunter Renfro, probably not going to play this week. Maybe he's, he's probably, I, I guess, Gruden insinuated he might go on the IR. This is Monday afternoon. It sounds like he might not play the rest but do you, of the season. Do you really believe anyone in the Raiders' pass game other than Darren Waller is like a significant target? It's someone you would want to be like rolling the dice with in fantasy. There's Darren Waller's no. tight end. There's Tyrell Williams, but... I guess maybe Zay Jones could see his his role increase, but I, I would say this is probably going to benefit Waller the most. I saw a stat from Roto World's John Daigle. Uh, Waller averaged a team high twenty six percent target share and eight point three looks per game before Renfro became a full time player in Week Eight, and then so in the last five games, that target share has fallen to eighteen percent with just five point six targets. Per what share. is a so, look per game? Uh, I assume targets and carries. Oh, I was going to say is actual looking. That would be amazing. <laughs> no. Um, so b- bottom line is Renfro was definitely eating into Waller's target share and kind of his role over the middle of the field. And, I, and that, to me, could mean good things for Waller going forward. Yeah, Waller's been a bit disappointing over the last five weeks. He has catches yeah, totals of he's, two, two, three, five, three. I mean, did you hear what Gruden said about the Jets? They asked him about the game. He's like, you ever been in a boat while it was sinking? It's not fun. <laughs> he said that about the Jets? He said that, No, he said that about the Raiders. Oh, <laughs> he described it to his team as a boat that was sinking. Poetic. Dude, he's got like eight years left on his contract. What is he talking yeah, about? Actually, I, I love Groot. Yeah, the honesty is like the best part of him. He can just say whatever <laughs> the hell he wants. Uh, speaking of honesty, we've gotten some honesty from the Denver Broncos quarterbacks this year from Joe Flacco and others. Kind of yeah. was silence for being too honest in a way. But Drew Locke, Denver Broncos. And now that Brandon Allen has been uh, up and down, mostly down, Vic Fangio said... No decision has been made yet on whether Drew Locke will return from his thumb sprain. Quote, all options are available. That could be IR or backup or whatever. DK, what do you think of Drew Locke if he comes back? Well, he didn't look especially exciting in the preseason. That doesn't necessarily mean that his career overall is doomed. But I would like to, I would love to see him play. I mean, I don't think Brandon Allen is the answer. Uh, you know, you saw this week, he threw 25 passes. This is, so he had 82 yards on 25 passes per pro football ref, uh, pro football reference. I, I should say, say. He, sure. <laughs> I love to, this is, I, I'm, like I read school. whatever you put on this teleprompter, man, uh, <laughs> pro Bergen. football reference. He's the first quarterback since my guy, Charlie Whitehurst in 2014 to attempt 25 plus fast plus passes and gain 82 yards or less. So, how many passes do you think you guys could get on 25 plus attempts? How many yards? <laughs> like, do you think you get 50 yards? No. Screen passes, like the thing where the tight end runs in front of you and you all just I, shuffle it forward. All I can yeah, think I about is that that's why DK calls interceptions ints is because that's what's written on the the screen. I will read that's whatever. All you call. I, I just realized some that that's people why you call, call RBIs ribbies. That's a problem. <laughs> that's uh, ugh, it's stupid. Anyway, this doesn't matter. For no, I hope God speed. No one is playing Brandon Allen, Drew Luck. Even in a two quarterback league, you're not playing. The the issue is how does this affect Cortland Sutton, DK? Because he's been right. fantastic for people who have him. Well, honestly, Sutton has been sort of quarterback proof this year for the most part. He did not go off this week, and we'll talk about him. But he was shadowed a bit by later. Tre'Davious White. He's fantastic. Right, yeah, and that's a bad, bad matchup for him. The quarterback play was awful. Um, I think Sutton is, you know, he's obviously as high of a floor receiver on that team as as he can get. I think he's an ascending star. I really like him. And I think Locke could potentially be an upgrade for him. But anytime you have uncertainty of the quarterback position, it, it definitely throws in, you know, throws a wrench in sort of expectations on what you can, like what these guys are going to do from week to week. So I think in any case... 
it makes me a little bit nervous about Sutton, but I still think Sutton's good enough to uh, overcome whoever they have at quarterback. To show how quarterback-proof Sutton has been, I heard a stat today on Fantasy Pros. Uh, Sutton is one of three wide receivers this year who has had 55 or more receiving yards in nine of 11 games, and it's Cortland Sutton, Michael Thomas. Oh, I, I, know who, I know who the next one is. Who is it? John Brown. No, Devontae Parker. What? Devontae Parker, Wait, what was guy. the number again? 55 or more yards in 9 of 11 games. Oh, they games. did 55 to cut out John Brown because it's 50 with John Brown. Sorry, That's John. Yes. Take Just a seat. John Brown erasure. <laughs> Whatever. This is awful. Uh, this is a Devontae Parker podcast. I just wanted to slip that in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There they get rid of John Brown. All right, well, Godspeed to Cortland Sutton. Bill Barnwell, actually, in his column, he uh, wrote the 24 most underrated players, and he said Cortland Sutton will become the new Allen Robinson. He'll just be doomed to, like, playing with awful quarterbacks. Oh, um, no. So that was I hate that. Yeah. Poignant, but sad. Uh, all right. Running back Chase Edmonds of the Arizona Cardinals, John Brown's former team, uh, back at practice on Monday, will presumably play this week. This just muddles the Cardinals' backfield to an unbelievable degree because we have, I mean, they were on by this week. There's David Johnson just being out-touched by Kenyon Drake, then there is David Johnson not getting, not touching the ball at all. <laughs> right. And then now Chase Edmonds is back, and uh, I forget, I apologize to whoever said this, probably many people, but it's, uh, it might have been Mike Clay at ESPN basically saying that this is like the Rams' backfield last year, but with three people instead of Gurley and C.J. Anderson, and that with Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds, and David Johnson there, this is just so muddled, and I would think Drake is probably worth playing. The other two guys maybe holding on to, but that's it. Yeah, I think I would be nervous about Chase Edmonds. I, I would just say Drake and then hope, hope for the best. I, I, don't, I would not go with those other two guys. Yeah, October's very own, but it's November now, so who knows. That was a bad joke, but DK didn't get it either, so couldn't even make fun I know, of it. I wanted to joke. let it go. Yeah, no, he couldn't even. Say it again? I actually did not. I, I didn't it. catch it. It's, Is it's, it October? Yeah, it's yeah. it's a thing like a. It's a Drake joke. It's a. This oh, is a musician. Christ. He okay, sings. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I've heard of Drake. Yeah. Canadian guy, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 All right. Great. All right. Deceiving yards. Who is fool's gold and who is not? Who is for real? DK, who is someone who had a big day that you are buying, not buying? What's up? I'm actually going to just pitch this back to you because I had Derrick Henry and I wanted to talk about Derrick Henry. But oh, right. Yeah. You, about you it got early him up on, at the so. beginning. All right. Craig. Yeah. Gregorio. Mm -hmm. who, had a, who had a big day? They, receiving yards, deceiving yards. What's up? I don't know. I'm going to do one receiving and one deceiving. You're on the same team. And this is going to combine with what you're going to talk about in a few minutes. Robbie Anderson and Jameson Crowder. So Robbie Anderson essentially had his best game of the season, second best game of the season. And Jameson Crowder had his worst game of the season. <laughs> yeah. And it's basically the opposite of what's been happening all year. Uh, Jameson Crowder had two catches for 18 yards, which are season lows. And Robbie Anderson had four catches for 86 and a touchdown. And... Um, Jameson Crowder before this week had three straight games of 75 plus yards and a touchdown. That was kind of the security blanket for Darnold, the kind of the one receiving option in New York that you could depend on. And now is this fool's gold? Are we deceived by Robbie Anderson yet again? No, it was a flea flicker. What, what are you talking about? The touchdown? Yeah. Robbie Anderson's? No, yeah. Robbie Anderson's. Was a 30 yard pass? No, Robbie Anderson's touchdown was like four yards. Oh, well, the 30, he had a 30 yard catch and a flea flicker. <laughs> and I, I have a general rule that when a flea like this was you why, I, I, why I didn't buy John Ross in week one it's like you gotta do a flea flicker to get him the damn ball <laughs> I, I like Robbie Anderson as a player but I still I still believe in Jamison Crowder yeah that's where I fall the week coming up is pretty easy or the next few weeks for Robbie Anderson and I guess Jamison Crowder they're playing the Dolphins and the Bengals in the next two weeks 
So are, are you starting Robbie Anderson the next two weeks? Is there any way or no? I'm avoiding that. Not even a flex? I mean, yeah, he because he has that upside. He's a deep threat. He's a good player. He's got talent. We've seen it in the past. He's just incredibly low floor guy. Like he could literally have zero points and it wouldn't surprise me. Heifetz, let's talk about yeah, Sam well, Darnold. We'll see how so we feel at the I, end of it. I like, should I just do full New York right now? Slamming Sammy Donald is <laughs> called in. Slamming Sammy at 20 at 29, completed 20 at 29 passes, 315 yards. That is 315, two tutties, <laughs> plus a rushing tutty that is 28 points, second most on the day to only the God himself, Ryan Tannehill. More like <laughs> Tana, Sam Mountain. Dar- Darnold's th- last three games, seven touchdowns, just one pick, 279 passing yards per game. His next three. Cincinnati, winless, pathetic. Miami Dolphins, almost winless, almost as pathetic. And then the Baltimore <laughs> Ravens. I, I would not play him against the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is if you need a playoff push or you got to just try or maybe you can keep someone else, your loved one perhaps, from making the playoffs and you want to be petty, the Bengals, Sammy Donald against the Bengals, that's a great play. And then the week 14, that's the first week of the fantasy playoffs, or maybe you're not trying to come and last, get your punishment. Boom, Dolphins, great matchup. Love Sammy Donald. And if I had to pick, look, I don't mind Robbie Anderson. They could break someone big, but I love Jameson Crowder. Can't go at him. Do you guys remember late last week when I was asking you, do I start Prescott, who has been oh, absolutely yeah. amazing this year, or Darnold? I was thinking about it. I hope you didn't listen to me. And you guys, I mean, I wouldn't say you talked me into it because I was already pretty much planning on going with Prescott, but you you convinced me that that was the right thing to do. And then Darnold went off I, and Prescott was absolutely ru- like bru- brutal. Brutal. I so underestimated the forecast. Well, uh, yeah, I, I had will... the I had the Prescott versus Wentz conversation with you guys on the pod and kind of so didn't work out either way. <laughs> yeah. They both, yeah, that's just, yeah, they both sucked. So anyways, I'm kicking myself for not, for not trusting... Uh, the process, so to speak, you know, because we talked about Darnold as a really good late season, you know, addition, waiver wire guy. And he's he's turning into that for the most part. Hopefully he's, he's still got two games to prove it. But yeah, he's looked really, really good in the last couple couple weeks. He's been fantastic. Also, did you guys see Jamal Adams taunting Derek Carr's brother on Twitter after the game? <laughs> you mean David Carr? I was No, no, the Raiders. Yes. David Carr David is David Carr, Derek's the quarterback? Carr, Derek Yes. What do you mean? Who are you calling him Derek Carr's brother? David Carr. No, no, there's a third. Oh. Oh, there is? Oh, okay. I didn't know that either. I discovered <laughs> like, this. I didn't know that about? either. I was super confused. It oh. took me, I was like, why is he talking about this random guy? What? It was like, oh, wow. It's, it's a whole thing. Anyway, it, you know, it doesn't matter. Jets also 1.1% chance of making the playoffs for wow. football outsiders. So never give up. Probably a better chance of Sam Darnold helping your fantasy team make the playoffs than the Jets. That's the point. Yes. All right. Yes. Guy you're not supposed to worry about, DK. How long have you been waiting for this? Uh, I mean, I think this is Craig's thing, really, but I'm going to take it. Rashad Penny <laughs> the Seahawks. We were not supposed to worry about this guy. Yeah, in fact, I, don't think, had, I don't think DK ever wanted Rashad Penny to be good. I feel like he loved Chris Carson, wanted to be Chris Carson. I mean, Carson. I, I still love Chris Carson, but the fact is, if you can't hold on to the football, <laughs> it, it, it sort of trumps a lot of the other talent that he has. He's a very, very good player, other than the fact that he just can't stop fumbling for the life of him. That's so tough. That's so, so Carson has now fumbled seven times this year officially. Really, it's more like nine, considering two of his fumbles, I believe, were on botched handoffs with Russell Wilson, and they looked and they they were credited to Russell Wilson. The fumbles were so 
Uh, if, he, if you did count all those nine, that would be the most by any non-quarterback in over a decade. Great stat from Anthony Staggs. Um, in, in the end, Carson's fumbling issues finally led to him getting fe- like less playing time, which was not the case earlier in the season for the most part. Um, he had just eight carries, 26 yards, four catches for 31 yards, finished with 9.7 PPR points. And most tellingly, he only played a little bit down the stretch uh, especially in the fourth quarter, Penny kind of was the guy late in the game. He did, Penny did look really good. I get, so the, part of the problem I've had with Penny over the like, last year plus is that he just hasn't looked great to me as a runner, um, <laughs> which is important when you're a running back. You know, he, he can like do problem. well. He can do some exciting <laughs> things when he's given like a runway to like get up to speed and everything, but like who can't? Like he's so, an old Cessna. What do you mean <laughs> who can't? You know who can't? Either of you. Oh my god! All right, well, the way you phrase those two guys, you're like Chris Carson, perfect running back, except where he's always fumbling, which is like the world's best bus driver. Everything's perfect, <laughs> but he keeps rear-ending people. And then you've got Rashad Penny, where it's like I like him as a running back, except for the running part. That's a very that was quite the spin you put there. My point was he he legitimately looked really good yesterday. And that's encouraging from the point of view that he, otherwise he's felt like a completely wasted first round pick for the Seahawks. I mean, I still don't agree with picking a running back in the first round regardless, but the fact that he's a first round running back who is like a backup who has never looked really that good to me was really brutal the whole time and so it was exciting to see him kind of finally have that really good, exciting, explosive performance. Uh, after the game, he told reporters that he's down to 230 pounds after coming into the year at 238, which I'm pretty sure we had this discussion as a rookie also, so I don't know why he didn't learn his lesson. But anyways, he's trying to get down to 225. That's definitely a good plan. It'll help him with his explosiveness. That showed up yesterday, um, you know, and, and his elusiveness, because he hasn't been a, a, an especially good tackle breaker, which is what Carson's sort of forte is. Um, but anyways, if Penny can have that speed and have a little bit of elusiveness, I think he's going to carve out a much, much bigger role in this offense. Carroll said this morning, I believe on 710 ESPN, Chris is a guy who is a big part of our team and we'll do everything we can for him. But competition is a beautiful thing and there's no reason not to get Penny back in there next week. We'll get those guys hammering away. To me, that says that points to a committee at the position. And if anything, They'll probably ride the hot hand. So if like a guy's having a really good game, they'll probably just stick with whoever. So to me, this is it muddles the Seahawks backfield a lot. It's definitely a huge negative for Chris Carson. If you're relying on Carson all year, it's discouraging to say the least. And if you had stashed Penny, then congratulations, because I think he's going to have a roll down the stretch. Chris Carson officially is tied for the most fumbles through week 12 ever <laughs> by a, by a non-quarterback. non-quarterback. Yeah. And that is not That's not great. That yeah. does not include the play where he fumbled the ball because he thought it was a play action and it was a run. And then right. that was credit to Russell Wilson. Obviously, that was Chris Carson's fault. So that actually, I think, is the reason he is going to not lose the job, but will significantly lose a lot of touches is that came immediately after the first fumble and it rattled. Yes, the next play. And that was the problem was... <laughs> yeah. It's one thing if you can fumble and, like, get your mind right and, like, all right, next rep and, like, truly to your core believe that. But it rattled him so much he wasn't even hearing the play call. Like, he was listening, but he didn't hear the play call. That is, I think, why he's going to lose this and why Mm. I love him so much. And My thoughts on Rashad Penny are well-known on this podcast. (laughs) But I'm really worried about him getting the ball back because of him doing it two years, two plays in a row. Not a veteran thing to do. And I'm really concerned about that. So, 
upset. Yeah, for it's Chris not Carson. good. It's not good. I mean, the fact is, he's he's he hasn't really changed. It, his it doesn't look to me like he's changed anything this year in terms of trying to avoid more fumbles. He's still carrying the ball away from his body. He's still infuriating. You know, when he's Sean going McCoy, down, it's so infuriating. It's it, it, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you fix that problem. And Tiki Barber slept with the football. It feels like muscle memory, like holding the way right. you hold the football is just like the way you shoot a basketball. It's just something that maybe it's, yeah, really hard it's like to trying to fix someone's throwing motion or you something. You know how you fix yeah. it? You have Denzel Washington yell, 5,280 feet. Come on, Petey. You're killing me. You're killing me, Petey. All right. You're killing us, Chris. <laughs> All right, Craig. You have... <laughs> I love that movie. Uh, the Rewatchables, by the way, just going to shamelessly plug for the Rewatchables. Yeah, so check that one out. Please. Chase Ron Rember Brown. Fantastic. Uh, all right, Craig. Guy you're not supposed to worry about. Uh, we're not supposed to worry about Benny Snell Jr. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> he outsnapped Jalen. I just dropped $20 on him on waivers. Ha ha. Samuels. 35 to 21. Uh, and not only that, Brutal. he out touched him 21 to 2 on the ground. He was also, uh, Jalen Samuels was also outtouched by Trey Edmonds and Kareth White Jr. Didn't the Steelers <laughs> just sign Kareth White Jr. like yes. days prior? Yes. He, they just picked him up off the street. I'm going to be on the team next week. Well, you're a Steelers fan. Were you more upset that this happened or are you more upset that you almost lost to the Bengals? I'm glad we didn't lose to the Bengals. That would have been really tough. And I'm glad Duck Hodge is the team. <laughs> yeah. Because Mason's really bad. Um, We'll get into Duck, but stay with Benny Snell for but now. But Benny Snell, who, by the way, is another victim of name shaming, just like Doug Baldwin and Willie Sneed. I think if if Benny Snell, if yeah. Benny Snell had a cool name, we would be talking about like him much Kayvon better. Austin. Yeah, if his name was like Jerome Jones, he'd yeah, be like, if, we'd be like, wow, that guy's cool. <laughs> that's a good thought exercise. Like if Tavon Austin was named Benny Snell and Benny Snell was named Tavon I'm Austin. telling you, it'd be completely different. That's why Doug Baldwin was never considered an elite receiver because his name was Doug. Anyway, <laughs> um, Con James Conner, the actual running back for the Steelers, has got a, a shoulder injury that's lingering. It's been reoccurring. And I don't think it'll ever be healed because that dude treats every carry like it's the last scene in a movie. But... <laughs> Um, I would not shell out your cash on Snell. I would rather get a guy. I would rather get like Bo Scarborough. So you're Snell. You're selling Snell. Selling you're Snell. Snelling. I'd rather have Bo Scarborough. Great name. Yeah. Um, uh, Jalen Samuels is still only a few games removed from having like 13 catches, eight catches, seven catches. I still think he's going to be worked into the offense as we move forward. Um, I'm not sure what happened this week, but I don't. I'm not going to be victim of the moment with Benny. Snell. What happened this week is they played Mason Rudolph. I'm jumping into my uh, guy. You're not supposed to worry about Duck Hodges. <laughs> Quack, quack. My God. So, uh, first of all, just a shout out. First Samford quarterback to start a game since 1946. Well, to play in a game since 1946. I know he already did that, but I just want to shout him out again because that's incredible. Where do, where did we decide that Samford is? Is it oh, in Alabama? Yeah, I couldn't remember. Um, Georgia. My guess is Indiana. Let's see. No, it's like Alabama or Georgia, I thought. It is in Alabama, yeah. <laughs> okay. Wow, we got that wrong twice. <laughs> I said Texas kind of the first time. I don't know. Uh, Mason Rudolph had four interceptions last week against the Browns. It was kind of overshadowed when Miles Garrett tried to hit him with a helmet. Uh, <laughs> but he had four interceptions <laughs> against the Cleveland. And this week he was also awful again. Eight of Completed eight of 16 passes for 85 yards. Duck Hodges comes in. Mike Tomlin benches him. Duck Hodges comes in. Throws for 90 yards and a touchdown <laughs> in his first two passes. To James Washington. To James Washington. It. Teammate and best friend of Miles Rudolph in college. <laughs> a Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph's guy catches the pass. I, I cannot stress this enough. Two passes, more yards than Mason Rudolph out of the entire game. And the entire first 16 passes. Oh, Unbelievable. Still, it. Also, it's amazing because I can't remember the last time 
a fan base was like unanimous. Like, I hate our starting quarterback. Please play the backup. Please play the backup. And then the backup comes in and was immediately great. I guess, honestly, the answer is probably two in the national championship game, except that was just Ben Glicksman and Roger Sherman yelling into the void. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah. it's unbelievable. The whole Steelers, the Steelers are the top five largest fan base in America. For like six weeks, they've been like, Mason Rudolph sucks. And then took two passes. Anyway, the point is, yeah. Duck Hodge is playing. Great, great name. Great name. They're playing Cleveland again this week, which could have been awkward if Mason was playing. Now it's just kind of... Yeah, it all, all worked right. out, I feel it like. It all worked yeah. out. So... I don't think anyone's playing Duck Hodges in fantasy. I hope not. Maybe not. No. Does no. this affect the Steelers receivers? You got James Washington had that big play. Deontay Johnson's been playing well. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster still in concussion protocol. Um, I think I think it's good for both Deontay Johnson and James Washington just from the fact that Duck is not a checkdown machine. I mean, he yeah. he's he's at least willing to. You know, he gets the ball out on time. He's willing to push it downfield. He's much more aggressive from what we, the very, very small sample that we've seen is he's willing to, you know, make throws down the field, which is obviously a huge, huge deal for the receivers. So I'm, I'm optimistic that it could be a slight bump for, for both of those guys. And obviously when Juju comes back, for him too. And I think better for Jalen Samuels or whoever the hell ends Benny Snell, whoever ends up playing running back for Steelers when we eventually find that out uh, is much better for them when the offense actually moves instead of becomes a three and out machine. Yeah. Speaking of three and out machines, Andy Dalton replacing Ryan Finley again in Cincinnati. Good segue. Yeah. RIP to the Ryan Finley era. It was nice while we knew you. You were <laughs> I, I was gonna read his stats and I was like, you know what? It's not, it's not okay, it's not important. Um Ryan his Finley touchdown was not good. pass. So his touchdown pass to Tyler Boyd, I think it was a touchdown lot <laughs> yesterday, was hilarious because it was legitimately maybe the slowest pass I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Like the ball looked like it was moving in slow motion. You know when like you throw like a you see a quarterback throw a really deep pass and you're like, oh my god, what's going to happen here? With Ryan Finley, you get that on like short or intermediate passes. <laughs> right, you have thoughts right. during it. It's it's wild. <laughs> anyway, so Andy Dalton's the starter now. That's the point. Yes, yes. The red <laughs> rifle. He's probably worth an ad in like two quarterback leagues. Probably not in anything else. But it, right. the question is, does it help everyone else on the Bengals? So like. Joe Mixon, anything that makes an offense better, like the Steelers, anything that makes an offense better is better for everyone else. So Joe Mixon, yeah. probably better for him. And then, I mean, Tyler Boyd, AJ Green. I don't this think is a big upgrade, back, I actually think, yeah, for these so, guys. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Deacon, what do you I think agree. for Tyler Boyd? And It's huge for Boyd, who has benefited from the squeaky wheel narrative over the last few weeks. He came out of the game, I think, two weeks ago and was complaining about not being a bigger part of the passing game. Which is fair, considering the talent and and everything that the Bengals have at the receiver position. That he had, he had like one target or two targets or something in the game. So since then, he's been a much much bigger part of the offense. I think that's going to continue. I think Dalton trusts him, and so yeah, I think that's definitely a good thing for both him and Tate. Beautiful. All right. So now that we've covered Andy Dalton and Duck Hodges, <laughs> would you rather have crucial. Andy Dalton and Duck Hodges? Like you got to win a game, Dalton. <laughs> What? Yeah. yeah. What? I just, is I just had is that ask. even a question? Dalton's like a I career 500 starter. to ask. That's all. <laughs> all right. Sleeper stream of the week. Oh, I don't even want to do this this week. Uh, we're going <laughs> to... We're each going to... I don't want to hear from Craig. We're each going to pick one flex, a running back receiver, a tight end, who is owned in less than 40% of leagues. And the guy who has the most points that weekend for the person, they get the win. And whoever gets the most wins, is, I don't know. We have to grow the Gardner Minshew <laughs> Facebook... Uh, Mustache thing. I don't know. Who's winning right now? Um, so Craig, you are Craig. Craig. Oh. Glad you asked. 
Craig, what do you have? Four now? Four straight. You guys haven't won since week eight. Whew. On a roll. He's on a heater. Are we going through all the way through the fantasy playoffs? Yeah. Okay. So we still got time to catch up. All right. Yeah, just the regular Uh, season. We're stopping what? Was week 16 the last week or 17? Oh, that's a good question. Well, maybe we we stop after week 16. When I don't win by week 16, we'll just go double or nothing (laughs) on week 17. (laughs) I think that's what we'll do. 10 or nothing. Uh, To recap, let's recap real quick what happened. Uh, I picked Jacob Hollister, the Seahawks. He ended up only with 4.2 PPR points. And I'm just going to say, I'm just going to point it out that he was open by like 25 fucking yards in the end zone and <laughs> Russell Wilson chucked it over his head like that freaking that that gift that everyone plays the guy just chucking it like into the 30th row of the of the uh in that basketball game Anyways, I have no so idea what you're off. talking about but it sounds uh, funny people will I know, know people, I know what you're talking about DK. people will know Love visual jokes on podcasts sorry that was that was <laughs> I'm going off the rails my point is Hollister uh bad pick could have been a whole lot better. Should have been a whole lot better. Uh, so anyways, I didn't win that one. If it makes you feel any uh, better, if he caught the touchdown, it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah, I was going to say, why, why do you complain? It you wouldn't have, have lost. He, he wouldn't have the... won. He wouldn't have won. It would have been a better recommendation is my point. More pride. Um, yes. And we're going, just, you know, rising tide raises all ships. So Darius Slayton was Danny's. He had a pretty good game. Four catches, 67 yards, 10.7 PBR points. Danny was going to go with Devo Samuel. We talked him out of it. Samuel had one catch for 50 yards. Still wasn't good enough, but 13 PPR points. Touchdown. 13 points. Solid. Well, that's where the Duck Hodges thing, if I'm being honest, I was so pissed because he was just not doing any. James Washington was not doing anything the whole game. (laughs) And then Duck Hodges throws in his second pass is actually like a pass interference penalty on James Washington. And I'm like, all right, sick, sick. This is not going to do anything. And then that doesn't count as a play. So then the second pass again is then the James Washington touchdown. I was like, Shit, Craig won again. <laughs> I was so mad. Anyhow, my my point is not a not a terrible week of streamers overall. Obviously, Hollister was a bust, but he should have been better. Yeah. So there you That's go, Craig. You saying. win with James Good Washington, eighteen point eight PPR points. Washington had seven targets, three catches, ninety eight yards, and a touchdown. Thanks to your beloved Duck Hodges. Thank you very much. Week thirteen. <laughs> You know what, Craig, you uh, yeah. won. Why don't you take it off, Craig? You're the, you're the winner here. I'm going to go with McCole Hardman on the Chiefs. McCole Hardman, tied for second in the NFL with three 40-plus yard touchdown catches, tied with Tyreek Hill and Kenny Galladay. Um, Tyreek's probably going to play, but he's been injured prone all season. And if he does leave the game, Hardman is the guy who steps up. When Tyreek left last week, McCole Hardman played 51 snaps compared to Sammy Watkins, 55. Those are the two most on the team. And Demarcus Robinson only played 38. Playing the Raiders this week, Darnold just shredded them, as we found out earlier. This is going to be a get-right game for the Chiefs. I think, I'm just banking on like another James Washington-style game from Hardman. Like two catches, 80 yards, touchdown. <laughs> the last time the Chiefs played the Raiders, yeah. Patrick Mahomes had four touchdowns in a quarter. Sounds good to me. That was cool. Oh, Danny, I just looked at who you picked. God damn it. Ah, DK, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you go first. No, you go first. Uh, okay, I picked Randall Cobb of the Cowboys, who is owned in 30% of Yahoo Leagues, going up against the Bills this week, who have very good corners on the outside. Maybe they could get Cobb involved a little bit more in the slot. Um, he has been really good over the last four weeks for the Cowboys. He's been, you know, he's been a bit much bigger part of their offense. Week 12, four catches, 86 yards, 12.6 PPR points. Week 11, four catches, 115 yards, and a touchdown, 21.5 points PPR. Week 10, six catches, 106 yards, and a touchdown, 22.6 PPR points. So he's he's been on fire of late, um, and I'm just kind of hoping that continues this week against the Bills. Cobb, yeah. 
I, you know what? I'm I, I'm just so emotionally <laughs> upset right now. I am picking Rashad Penny. Yeah, the Seattle Seahawks. I hope you win this week, my friend. I, feel empty inside i feel like do you want to do you want to just trade danny does no, that make sense no because i want to win You're and that's why i'm with upset it. with myself is because i want to win so badly and i want to okay. wipe this smug smile off craig's face that i am stooping <laughs> to the level of recommending rashad penny he should be called like rashad hey penny it's barely worth it but anyway stoop to the level of the fifth best college running back of all time but uh <laughs> Yeah, wow, what a list. Even, we're not even Let's get, get into that. that. He does have the, he, he's number five on single season record, but whatever. <laughs> but I whatever. hate you so much. <laughs> uh, basically, it's like, if ball security is Pete Carroll's concern, I feel like Chris Carson will lose the goal line touches first. That's kind of my whole little thesis here. I don't want to pretend to know what the exact split is. I think it'll be significant. I think it will be, you know, less than 60%, but like more than a third. I think that it's going to be either right near 50-50 or real close. But I think Rashad Penny's going to get the goal line touches because, again, Chris Carson, most fumbles through 11 games in NFL history for a non-quarterback. That's abominable, and I don't think you can... They're playing Minnesota. This is a massive, massive game because it's about who gets the wild card preference because right now the Vikings and Seahawks somehow are both unset for the wild card, even though they're like nine and eight win teams. So it really matters. And... you can't lose a goal line fumble in this game under any circumstances. And I think Rashad Penny could get a touchdown maybe too. And I feel dirty. I want to take a shower. I can't believe I've, I've done this. He always turns <laughs> up. That's like the Indiana Jones line. I'm like a bad penny. I always turn up. <laughs> All right. Enough of that. That was awful. Now I want to do something fun. Let's do fantasy court. Do you have a fantasy football dispute that needs litigation? Is there a question that only outside counsel can solve? Take it to Fantasy Court on the Ringer NFL Show Facebook page. All right, we are joined by senior writer at ESPN, the host of ESPN Daily, and the Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny. Mina, welcome to the show. You forgot to add recent victor over Danny (laughs) Kelly in the Dynasty Fantasy League. Everyone's beaten DK, it seems like. Yeah, tough week for him. He's good. His team is good, though, so... Yeah, I would like to. I want to go ahead and point out first, Mina, you did beat me. We uh, head to head two weeks ago or last week. However, Mm. I am in first place in this league. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to do a deep dive on how this how this victory went? I yeah. It came down. It came down to uh, Kelsey versus Tyreek Hill. That was basically Mm -hmm. we were. I think we were neck and neck going into Monday Night Football. I feel like I asked Mina, but it's okay. Yeah, okay, go ahead. It's all right. I'm used to it. I'm on sports television. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, Danny's right, actually, for once. It did come down to that matchup, and then it was, what, two weeks ago, right? So he'll win out, I want to say, like, five minutes into the game. Mm -hmm. He pulled his hamstring or something. Danny sent me a bunch of whiny texts. But I really just want (laughs) to talk about it because, you know, Danny's a big— First of all, Danny's one of my oldest pals in sports media. We were friends— when he was at field goals and I was a business journalist, um, just like nerding it up on Seahawks internet before (laughs) Seahawks internet was a thing. And, um, it's been great to watch his rise as a fantasy guru, but it honestly makes this victory taste that much sweeter because (laughs) usually I'm not like, usually I'm the person who tries really hard, right? Like I'm not the guy in class who is like, whatever, I didn't study. I just naturally got to be. I am the person who studies. But in fantasy, I'm really not that studious. In particular, in this league, Danny might remember, I accidentally started an inactive player the week before. 
So the fact yeah. that I didn't try as hard and, as Danny and still won is honestly, it really drives home what an incredible win this was. Speaks volumes. Uh, no, I mean, I have no response other than I, I must point out again that I am in first place in the league. <laughs> Mina is in second to her credit. She has a great, great short-term dynasty team that is going to fall wow. apart completely after this season. But that's neither here nor there. She's good this season. Yeah, it is. It is definitely a win now uh, roster <laughs> for sure. A win now mentality. That's a good. The future doesn't exist. It's all about the present. Yeah. Also, yeah. Dickie, why is your name? I talked to Godwin because uh, I'm terrible at making fantasy football names, and Godwin <laughs> so is bad. one of my players. Um, it was just DK for a very long time because I have absolutely no creativity when it comes to that. Honesty, it's great quality for a fantasy show host. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, we could get some creativity in right here. Uh, Mina, you are our special judge today for our fantasy court case. Amazing. We have a very important thing we need to break down. Bailiff Craig, do you want to introduce this case? Yes, sir. All right. This is from at Real Normal Dan, which is just a great name. It's great to know it's not a bot <laughs> asking a question on this show. Um, he asks, how is last place decided? We've just formed a new league and we forgot to decide this at the beginning of the season and there's a punishment for last place. Should it be decided by record at the end of the season or the loser of the bottom two playoff matches? Mina, what do you think? First, are all of your listeners also named Dan? Is that like a prerequisite? <laughs> Absolutely. I just changed my name. Yeah. The show? Um, oh, sorry, Craig. Yeah. So I, I, I have a preference for the loser's bracket just because I think, you know, it, you want to compel teams to still strategize in that same way at the end, right? And um, it adds a little bit of mystery and drama to the last few weeks. So that would be my decision. I completely agree. I think anything to incentivize people to actually check at the end, because especially if it's like fear, that's a great motivating factor. You know, you can always give the last place like their money back and incentivize them, but fear is is better. I had a very similar experience that then real normal Dan did in that uh, my one of my fantasy leagues started talking about what what are we in week we're going into week thirteen now they started talking about whoever whoever gets the last place you know what the penalty is for last place and I think the part of the other question was can you decide this this late in the season. Or is it is this oh. something you have to decide, you know, like at the beginning, right. everyone has to agree to it. What do you think of that? Well, it's who's deciding, right? Because, like, for example, if it was in our league where I recently beat you and I'm near the top <laughs> of the league, I would obviously have a motivation to choose a more humiliating punishment, right? Like, right, because right. I know I'm not, it's not going to happen to me. So I, I tend to think you probably have to decide it all before <laughs> the season, um, especially if you're going to do something extreme. I think so. I think in this question, I think that they've decided on the punishment, but they forgot to define what last place is. So I think if mm. they probably know who's going to come in last place, it's probably become one, two for the regular season standings. So it's probably the four or five people who might not make the playoffs or being like, no, 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 it's going to be regular season. And this poor commissioner now has to sort out like this populist movement within this league trying to avoid punishment. But no, it's the whole tournament. What's Everyone the last misses. place punishment for your guys' dynasty league, DK yeah. Amina? I don't know. We don't have one, actually. We we did not think of that. The really? thing is, with Dynasty, getting last place is sort of a good thing because then you get a high right, draft pick right. the next year. So there's some mm. there's some Are difference people there. People, so we have rules in place on our league where people can't tank. Technically, you're not allowed to tank. Um, like you can't just like 
bench everyone on your roster and play nobody. Um, oh, to try to get the first pick. Huh? Right. So, and then we implemented fantasy, uh, like in the fantasy playoffs, everybody's still going and, and you know, there's different brackets in terms of like the loser bracket and then the last two teams duke it out and the whoever wins for the last two teams, they get the first overall pick. So you have to keep competing mm. all the way through. It's a, it's a way to avoid like, it's a way to make things interesting all the way through the season. I'd just like to say I appreciate all the hard work, Danny, you put into the league. Clearly, I don't know anything about the rules. <laughs> I, it's, also, just to open the kimono a little bit, gross expression, this is Danny's <laughs> high school friends league, right? And yeah. you, it's like all your high school friends. And I remember early on for the draft, you asked me if I wanted to be part of the group text. I don't think I've ever said no so quickly <laughs> to anything oh my in my God. life. But I love the league. I, yeah. All I want to do is just beat your high school friends in this league. <laughs> Mina, do you have any punishments in your leagues that are particularly fun for last place? And have you ever had to do any of them? No, I've never lost. I've never come <laughs> in dead last. I will. I, I'm not like a awesome all the time winner or anything either. I'm I'm kind of a solid middle of the pack type of person. But I've never come in last. Um, I was in a league once where they did like the weird facial hair like the um you had to do like a fu manchu type thing which i feel like is pretty basic pretty basic punishment how how, how would that work oh, i <laughs> for yeah for me uh not well <laughs> i <laughs> once glue one on i had to do a beer mile cuz i came in last oh man a few years mm. ago and that was tough how did that, that go was there projectile vomit involved afterward not during way after I survived. It was fine. I had a friends league um, where every year, whoever gets dead last, uh, the guy who gets first decides any city in the Pacific time zone. And you have to take a bus to that city. Oh, no. Spend a night in a hotel and then just take a bus right back. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's horrible. Wait, so what have the cities, what cities have been picked? Are we talking like Portland or like Fresno? People are picking like deep into Nevada. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, Idaho maybe if somebody's really cool. Oh my god! Oh my god! I I asked around to a couple of friends about this. I got some good answers. So, uh, friends league, the loser had to, and this was last year. He had to get a spray tan, full body spray tan, oh. and go onto a street corner and play a recorder for as long as so basically either twenty minutes or it, as soon as he made twenty dollars, whichever came first. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that one was pretty good. Um, I've heard a couple of people talk about how the loser has to take the SAT, which to me is less sort of humiliating or mortifying and more just like, that's a lot of work. Mm. Yeah. I, I'd rather take do the, the humiliating the entire thing. SAT? Yeah. Or I guess the ACT, whatever the kids are taking these days. I don't even know. But yeah. <laughs> that seems- now. You got to know this stuff. I know. Danny, if you lose our league, you have to change Calvin's name to Hobbs. <laughs> you agree. You're not going to lose, so you should just figure. That out. works. That works. <laughs> okay. Uh, I thought I thought a good one would be for someone to have to do a 20 minute stand up set in an open mic. Oh uh, my god! How how nightmarish would that be? Chilling. If you two, if if DK and Mina, if you guys meet in the, in the playoffs, the loser should have to do that. Yeah, there should be. Some, yeah, you guys need to make a bet. Oh man, I don't I know. know, if I, can I agree know. To that. It, I'm going to choose something like, you know, Danny has to get a Niners tattoo or something. Oh. <laughs> That's another one. I know. It's a long time. It would have been for me in the past. You have to, you know, put on a Ram shirt, but I did it on my own accord. So <laughs> I feel like I've already. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, I don't. 
I don't. Who do you think is going to lose our league, Danny? It's coming down. I, there's a guy named JJ who's almost certainly going to lose. But we don't. <laughs> I wish we had a. I wish we had a freaking punishment now. Well, you can I, publicly I shame him, it. so that's a good alternative. I just did. There so, we go. There we go. Sorry to JJ. And <laughs> at real normal Dan from two, you know, also normal Dans and me and Craig. <laughs> uh, there we go. It is decided. Last place goes to last place tournament loser. And it was mm. also decided, yeah. DK, you got wrecked in fantasy by both Craig and I and Mina this week. So that's really <laughs> tough for you. Brutal. Brutal turn of events for me. Yeah. I think that's all we got. Mina, do you want to get one last Duncan? I just, if I win the whole dynasty, it's called dynasty fantasy <laughs> league, then I'd like to come back on the fantasy show. But if I don't win, um, I never want to talk to either of you ever again. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Sounds great. Thank oh, you man. so much. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you again to Mina. You can listen to her on the, she's the host of the ESPN Daily and the Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny. Thank you to her. Thank you to Craig. Thank you to TK for all the memories you've left us with. It's been great. It's been great. Thank you to at Real Normal Dan. Ask us more questions on the Ringer NFL show Facebook page or at Danny B. Kelly on Twitter or Danny underscore Heifetz on Twitter. Or Craig, what is your handle, Craig? It's just my name, at Craig Horlbeck. Yeah, if you can spell that, good luck. (laughs) Damn it. Thank you to all of us. Thank you to everyone for listening. We will see you later this week. Have a happy and healthy Thanksgiving. 